The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. When that kind of storm hits your life, it changes everything. Next, Sheila Walsh helps us find Christ in the storms. How do you and I stand strong in Christ when everything around us is shaken to its core? Storms are unpredictable, but the amazing thing is the storms that hit our lives, they take us by surprise, but they don't take God by surprise. Hi, I'm Sheila Walsh. Welcome to Life Today. I'm so glad that you could join us. You know, the other day I was sitting at my desk and I'm finishing work on a book and my phone made a ping and I knew I had a text. And it was from my friend Kay Warren saying that she and Rick were on vacation in Scotland. They were on the Isle of Skye. Such a beautiful, beautiful place. So I talked back and forth and I said, make sure you get fish and chips. And she said, oh yeah, we've already done that. And it was just so nice to think of my friends um, being in my homeland. You know, I was born um, on the west coast of Scotland, which is the same side as Skye. And one of my favorite things to do was to walk along the beach on one of our wild and windy days. Our coastline in Scotland is very different than what you'd see like, for example, in Florida or even California. The Scottish coastline is, it's rugged and it's wild. And when I was a child, I used to go down to the beach with my grandma after a storm and see what the ocean had thrown up onto the sand. It's, it's fascinating, but things that had been buried in the water would suddenly be tossed up onto the shore and she and I would go off on a treasure hunt. I mean, we found all sorts of things. You know, we'd find pieces of colored glass that had been rubbed smooth by the sand and unusual shells. And once I even found a diamond ring. So the ocean gave up things that nobody knew were hidden there. And I think that's true in life as well. When you and I walk through a storm, it brings what we really believe to the surface. You know, we say, I believe God is good until prayer after prayer seems to go unanswered. I believe God is kind until you have to do what one of my friends had to do recently, the unthinkable and bury a child. I believe that God sees me until you can't get a job or you still can't find a husband or you can't pay your bills. Or like a letter I got last night from a viewer, I can't shake this addiction. You know, devastating storms reveal what we really believe rather than what we think we believe or even what we hope we wish that we could believe. You know, some of the emotions that get tossed up onto the shoreline of our hearts, things like anger that you didn't know was there, regret, disappointment, fear, insecurity, shame, unforgiveness, which sometimes takes us by surprise. We think, I know I forgave that person. And then something triggers it and wow, it's right there again. Heartache, sometimes even bitterness. So here's my question for us today. How do you and I stand strong in Christ when everything around us is shaken to its core? God's word tells us this 
I love this scripture. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. One of my favorite verses, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Do you remember the scene in the movie, The Wizard of Oz, where Dorothy is looking out on a bleak landscape and she sings that well-loved song, Somewhere Over the Rainbow? Well, Dorothy may have been hoping for a rainbow. She had no idea that it was actually a tornado that was headed right for her. When that kind of storm hits your life, it changes everything, changes the landscape. You didn't sign up for it. No warning, devastating. It might be that you suddenly you went to the doctor and you got a diagnosis you didn't see coming. Nobody warned you. Or your husband or wife that you've loved for years suddenly looks you in the eye and said, I don't love you anymore. Those kind of emotional storms are devastating. But I actually got to see a picture of what that looks like in a physical way in Oklahoma just a few years ago. You may remember this on May the 20th, 2013, an F5 tornado touched down in Moore, Oklahoma. It was almost a mile wide and stayed on the ground for, this is pretty unprecedented, 39 minutes on the ground. 23 people died that day. Seven of them were eight-year-old children from the same class. Well, as dawn broke the following morning, the scene was almost indescribable. Entire streets had been simply wiped off the map. Well, Samaritan's Purse contacted local churches and Christian groups to help with the cleanup. So I went with six of my friends. We met in the parking lot of a church early in the morning and prayed before the day began. Then we were driven into the worst hit area. Honestly, I've never seen anything like it in my life. You know, you can watch it on television and think you get a picture of it, but to actually be there, to walk where people used to live and all their homes were gone, everything was flattened. Well, I was assigned to what was left of one particular home. It literally was just a foundation. Everything else was rubble. And the man, whose house it was, came by while we were cleaning up and all he wanted was one thing. Can you help me find my son's medals? He'd lost his son in battle and this was what he had left. Well, I'm happy to tell you that after some digging through piles, we found them. Well, the next day, I was working on a different unit and the elderly man whose home this had been was standing there in tears. I stood beside him for a while, just holding his hand, neither of us saying a word. And when he was able to speak, he told me the only thing he wanted to find was his wife's wedding ring. She had passed a couple of years earlier. And honestly, I looked out at the massive pile of rubble, some from his house and some from other homes that had landed on his. And I wondered, how on earth are we gonna find a simple gold band in the middle of all this mess. I mean, I really, I seriously prayed about it. I was like, Lord, please help us. This is all he wants. Please 
help us find his wife's ring. Send your angels. You've got to know where it is. Well, we searched for hours. I refused to leave that place. And finally, as the sun was beginning to go down and we were about to have to leave because there was no electricity, I climbed over part of the rubble to where there was a, a Christmas tree lying on top of a pile of wood. And there, hanging on one of the branches, like a Christmas ornament, was his wife's wedding band. It was just a beautiful moment. His tears were for a different reason then. While we all finished the day in prayer, tears running down our dirty faces, and in each place, each unit where we'd been able to clear everything off, um, Samaritan's Purse had provided a Bible. Um, I got the privilege of giving it to the older gentleman. And he took the Bible in his hands and he said, you know what? This is a good place to start again. The truth is heartbreaking storms hit us all. My husband has left me and our three children for another woman. What do I tell them? They're heartbroken. I got that letter last week. Another post on my Facebook page. I raised my son in church. Now he's walked away. He's on drugs. I don't know where he is. My heart is breaking. Someone else, my daughter's cancer is back. Why would God allow this? You know, to be honest, I think as the church, we don't always do a great job at walking with those who are grieving deeply. We kind of want people to get over things. And sometimes we use the word of God more as a weapon than as a healing ornament. You know, my friend, my dear friend that I worked with for years, Barbara Johnson, she used to say, when pain is the freshest, words should be the fewest. You know, it's interesting, right in the middle of the book of Psalms, we read Psalm 88. It's one of the most heart-wrenching Psalms. Many of David's Psalms start with pain or trouble, but they end up with David remembering the goodness of God, you know, telling himself, you know, bless the Lord, O my soul, but not, not Psalm 88. It begins like this. Lord, you are the God who saves me. Day and night, I cry out to you. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry. I am overwhelmed with troubles and my life draws near to death. The psalm continues. But I cry to you for help, Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? Now, this is how the psalm ends. You have taken from me friend and neighbor. Darkness is my closest friend. I would imagine you probably haven't heard a bunch of sermons on that psalm. But it made me want to ask, Lord, why is that there? Why right in the middle of the psalms would you include a psalm that honestly offers little hope? I believe it's there because there are seasons when that is all that seems to be true. God is acknowledging that there are times when we feel as if the darkness will never lift, and he's giving us words for those times. One of the greatest unanswered questions on this earth is why. I remember talking to a woman after a conference, and her thing was, we prayed for years to be able to have a child, and eventually I got pregnant, and that little one only lived for nine months. Then after maybe two or three years, 
of agony and tears and healing, she was able to get pregnant again. And that little one lived for six months. How do you reconcile those things with a God of love? That might be one of the greatest challenges to your faith. I don't know what's going on in your life or what your history has been like or what your present is like right now. But sometimes when we look at our circumstances and we try and re reconcile those with our belief in a God of love, a God who's powerful and good, we think, Lord, why? We don't understand. You know, on one of the darkest nights of my life, when I literally didn't know if I would live to see morning, I prayed the simple, the most guttural prayer I've ever prayed. You know, I had tried for so many years to be the perfect Christian, to get it all right, to do all the right things, thinking that would make God happy with me. And when I eventually ended up in a psychiatric ward, the only prayer I had left was one word. I remember laying on the floor of my room literally just praying out the name Jesus. I had nothing else, Jesus. But what I want you to know is when you call on the name of the Lord, he is right there with you. I told you at the beginning, I've always loved Psalm 34. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are literally crushed in spirit. I discovered that to be true that night. I actually wrote in my journal, I never knew you lived so close to the floor. See, I'm used to, you know, I've been in church since I was just a baby of worshiping and singing, you know, how majestic is God as we should, because he is, he is good. But what I've discovered is if you're in a place where those words are gone from your lips and you're literally on the floor, Jesus is so close to you. I, I love, um, I love Romans 8, 28. We all know that scripture so well, um, where it talks about all things working together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. But sometimes we don't read the verses before that, where it talks about when you're in a place where you don't even have the words to pray, that the Holy Spirit intercedes for you on your behalf. He knows the will of the Father and he can pray for you. If you find yourself in a place like that, I just, I ask you this, are you able to just hold on to a little hope? Are you able even just to pray out the name of the Lord? There is power in the name of Jesus. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. The Lord will save you when you're crushed in spirit. You know, I've discovered a few things that kind of help me stay on track um, when I'm really struggling. And the first is simply that call on his name. His name alone is a powerful prayer. If you find yourself in an emergency room or there's a family member struggling or something happens and it's immediate, you don't have time to come out with great long prayers, but you can pray the name of Jesus. One of the other things that really is helpful to me is to speak out your pain. 
so often we think, well, I don't want to do that because that seems so disrespectful or it's not, you know, I can't say that to God. But that's why Psalm 88 is in there to let you know you get to tell God the whole truth. You don't have to come with the perfect words. God is not looking for perfect words. He's looking for your heart. And if you're able in the midst of your pain to pray through that pain and tell him exactly, if you're angry, be angry, but be angry in the company of the one who loves you. You might want to copy out a few powerful scriptures and just have them with you. Here's a couple of the ones that I love. I love this. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. Now listen to this. He will exult over you with loud singing. Isn't that amazing? God singing over you. I love that. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Scripture doesn't deny our pain. It's why I'm learning to pray out the Psalms. I believe that God gave us the Psalms, gave us his word, so we can pray the word of, that, of God back to our Father. And you know what you'll discover? Whatever you're facing, there's a Psalm that will put words to it. If you're in a wonderful place, you will find plenty of Psalms that will help you express your praise. But if you're in a dark season, if you're struggling, you will find in the Psalms words for what's going on in your heart. Storms are unpredictable. But the amazing thing is the storms that hit our lives, they take us by surprise, but they don't take God by surprise. He never takes his eyes off you. He sees what's going on in your life and he loves you so very much. I think the temptation when a storm hits that you didn't see coming is to think, God, are you not listening to my prayers? Sometimes you have to keep praying through your pain. Sometimes you have to keep praying when it seems as if heaven is silent. But I want you to remember. In fact, why don't you just kind of jot down Romans 8, 26, 27, and 28, so that the next time when you feel as if your prayers are not going any higher than the ceiling, you'll remember that you have an advocate in heaven who is praying for you. Now, I have the privilege, when we go on our mission trips, I have the privilege of meeting so many godly women, but many of them are in very difficult places. And it's not necessarily because a storm has hit their life. Sometimes it's the very lack of a storm. You know, when there's been no rain in an area for month after month after month, and there's no clean drinking water, life becomes devastating. But you and I, we get the joy of doing something about that. Would you watch this with me? I'm here in the Pibo area of South Sudan and you can see just by looking behind me just how dry and arid this, this area is. You know, there's been rain here for oh, kind of forever. You know, if you stop and think about it, other than oxygen, the most critical thing that we need as human beings is water. We can't go more than a few days without any water, otherwise our lives are at risk. And yet for so many here in Africa, that is the reality. 
many of these villages were actually telling us how they have traveled, you know, 10 miles, just relocated their families. They literally have had to take up their whole home, whole family, and then they move into a new area. So where they're a little bit closer to a water source or where they found a bit of water that they can use during the dry season, their families just literally live under trees. Um, they, the little bits of water that they can dig for, etc., they, they end up with uh, highly contaminated water. Um, and so many of their children get, get diarrhea, get cholera, um, a lot of child deaths as a result of contaminated water in this area. Um, and yet, we're able to really change that so easily. You see, you have it in your hands, and I'm hoping that you've got it in your hearts to bring a water well to this village or villages like this and provide them with fresh, life-giving water. Water that will save their lives and transform their lives for a lifetime. Please partner with us today. Provide a water well to villages like this. Bring life-giving water today. I'm asking you, please, open your hearts. Give the gift of water. Give the gift of life. Such a startling picture to watch these mothers with just little ones having to walk so many miles just to try and find any water, and the water they find potentially could kill their children. In this day and age, does that just seem ridiculous to you? When you think of, of our own lives here and how much we waste, you know, we'll sometimes, like, I notice my husband do it, he'll turn on the shower and then go do something and wait till it heats up and water's just running away. We don't think about it. But for so many people in the world, that is just not even a dream. They couldn't imagine that. I've, I personally believe as long as the body of Christ is on this planet, that should not be happening. So here at LIFE, we have made a commitment to our partners on the ground in Africa. What our goal is for this year is 400 new wells in 15 nations. Now that might seem like a huge task, but let me tell you how you and I together can do it. Do you know if you give $48 that will give 10 people water for life. You know, what can you buy for 48 bucks these days? And to think that you would provide clean water for 10 people, not for three months, for the rest of their lives. $144 will give clean water to 30 people. Now some of you, um, God has blessed and we celebrate that with you. But you may be able to say, you know what? Make that 399 wells because I'm gonna give one. $4,800 will put a well in a village that will provide water for a thousand people in that village for their lifetime. These wells are amazing, steel cased. They last for about 70 years. They don't need electricity. They can be hand pumped. It's, it's one of the most amazing sights when you see a well go into a village and so many of the children, they don't even know what to do. They've never seen water that was clear before. And for the mothers, it's such an answer to their prayers. So would you help us do that? For, um, for any gift at all, we have a beautiful calendar we want to send you. It's a, it's a beautiful calendar with different things from James, from Betty, from myself, just that you can read every day. And I know you don't do it for that, but we'd love to be able to give you a little gift just to say thank you. But let's not turn away from this. Let's determine that you and I together, this year, we will see 400 wells put into villages in 15 nations. So would you please give your best gift possible? Go to your phone and just make the best gift. Whatever you have is awesome if we all do what we can. 
We're going to change the face of this earth. And then I believe when we reach out practically and help them, then we can tell them about Jesus, who is the water of life. Today, a mother living in extreme poverty will do the unthinkable. Give her children dirty, disease-filled water that she knows could kill them. With no other choice, what else can she do? With your help, clean water is on the way. Mission Water for Life provides a way for parents to save the lives of their children, to offer them a bright future free from the fear of death. With your gift today, you can help drill and establish 400 water wells this year. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five children. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10. $72 will provide for 15. And $144 will help provide life-giving water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, we'll send you the New Mercies Each Day Desk Calendar. This 17-month calendar will not only help you keep track of important dates, but also remind you of the Father's love and goodness with scripture quotes and encouragement from all the hosts on Life Today. With your gift of $100 or more, request the Fruit of the Spirit Bowl. This beautiful and decorative ceramic bowl features scripture revealing the fruit of the Spirit, a lovely addition to your table or home. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well. And you may request our Safe in the Shepherd's Arms bronze sculpture. Please call, write, or make your gift online. This is one of those very exciting days for me when I get to be in the presence of... <laughs> Happy children and fresh, clean water. Uh, it wasn't that long ago where we came into this village and they had no clean water at all, nothing. And uh, children were dying. Talked to some moms that have lost husbands, lost children. I mean, it was really, really heartbreaking. What an exciting day for me to travel back here today and to see the fruit of what we have given together. When you partner with Life Outreach, it's wells like this that make it possible to give them fresh, clean water. Will you please consider partnering with us today? Go online or call the number at the bottom of your screen and give the best gift that you can give. I know that together we can make a difference, not just in this village, but hundreds of villages all around the world. Let's make a difference and let's change it today. Thank you so much. If the phone lines are busy, which I hope they are, please persevere. New mercies each day, 17-month desk calendar from us for any gift at all. But for a gift of $100 or more, we have this gorgeous fruit bowl, and it's all the fruit of the Spirit around it. Just, just something you would see in your kitchen every day as a reminder that in Jesus' name, you reached out and made a difference. So please, if you couldn't get through the first time, persevere call again. Let's make this the best year we've ever had at life. Wouldn't that be a challenge if we could say that together we have made such a significant impact in the world in Jesus' name. So thank you so much. I'm Sheila Walsh and I'll see you next time.
Tomorrow on Life Today, Dr. Robert Jeffress and David Barton discuss how we can be salt and light to restore the church's influence in society. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.